Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You probably figured it out by now if you just tuned in. I'm neither Canty nor Carlin. I am Amber Wilson. She is Courtney Cronin. We are filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin at Amber W. Sports. You can also join the conversation on the CC call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Are you more of a coal, like, uh, when you're grilling? Because obviously Canteen Carlin on the rejoin, they continuously talk about grilling. What is your grilling look? Are you a grilling kind of gal? Oh, 100%. The reason I moved into my place in Chicago is because it had a little balcony. Really? So, so do you have, have my, the charcoal grill? I have a I gas said coal. Grill. I meant charcoal. Coal. Nobody at me. <laughs> the charcoal grill. You can tell I don't charcoal. I used do, to charcoal I don't grill. charcoal. Do you I, grill? Period? Clearly not very well. Uh, but I do have a gas grill. I, personally, Harry Douglas and I, who is often with either of us on radio, we've had this discussion in this very studio, actually, back in July when we were hosting Candy and Carlin about charcoal versus gas grilling and the charcoal it just takes so much longer because you've got to line up your little coals in a neat little pile you don't just like chuck them in there and pour lighter fluid on it like that's there's a method to it but it takes a lot longer you've got to wait till every till the coals start getting like the white around them that's mm-hmm. not how you know they're hot and then it all burns at the same heat so Timing different things. If you have steak on there and if you have peppers that you're trying to grill, or if you have lobster and tinfoil, all these different things, they're going to be cooking at the same heat. So you're monitoring the times of that. I think it's too cumbersome. I have a four-burner gas grill. It's propane tank operated. It's easy for me. I can clean it. Oh, and this is another thing Harry and I got into. Apparently, you're not supposed to take the metal part of the grill. You know, like the, what do you call them? Like the slats or whatever? The grate. You're not supposed to put that in the dishwasher, which apparently is sacrilegious to Harry Douglas. That is Douglas. sacrilegious. What? It is sacrilegious, but I will say you this. You don't even grill that much, so it, why are you telling me it's I, well, sacrilegious? Well, I, I understand what he's saying because I, I do understand that for real grillers, I believe that is sacrilegious. So like you're supposed, supposed to be really to like, careful how you clean this thing. Yeah, so I'm However, supposed to like cook on Harry raw meat. Harry is such a purist. Well, I, I think, well, no, you're supposed to burn it off, right? And then scrape it off. Isn't that what you do? I don't know. I'm not the authority on grilling, but... I think that there's probably more to how you're supposed to clean the they're, grill. They're like all the junk settles on it. I'm with and you. It gets, it's kind of gross. It gets rusty after a while. Like, trust me, I live in the Midwest, so we have cold winters, and I have that thing under a cover, but I make sure that that's clean before the cover goes on for the winter. Otherwise, you're coming back to a mess, a rusted mess in the spring when you're ready to grill again. I don't know. Harry got all mad at me. I'm sure Candy and Carlin would get <laughs> mad at me about We've gone off on a tangent. Grilling decisions and my dishwashing decisions for how I clean my grill. But I promise you, if you want to come to my house, I will I will gladly grill for you on my gas grill and I will prove to you that it has just it is just as good as a charcoal grill. Charcoal grills, in my opinion, 
are good for one thing, tailgating. Because you can then dump out the coals and then not worry about putting, like, you know, a propane tank, a portable propane right. tank or gas. Well, and they're easier to transport. The yeah, absolutely. They're good for they're good for the beach too. Because I live in sure. Florida, I grew up not, going yeah, you're to not the beaches. Gas grill with and yeah, they have the built-in grills all over the beaches where I live. And of course, you show up with your own charcoal and you grill that way. Otherwise, gas grilling is much more efficient grilling, in my opinion. We have gone off on a tangent here, though. Right now, by the way, both Courtney and I. Courtney is normally in the Midwest. I am normally in Florida. We are live in New York City from the Seaport District of Manhattan, live in ESPN Studios together. That is a big special day for us. We do not get to do radio in person together ever. We've done like maybe over a million radio shows together. We never get to be in person, so we are excited. We are also excited because we have breaking news to unpack in the NBA. We got the word from The Athletic earlier that that meeting that we knew was going to happen between KD and Joe Sy did take place in person over the weekend. So they sat down. Out of that meeting, there are reports now that Kevin Durant reiterated his desire to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets. It had been really quiet on that front. So that in and of itself, Courtney, was news. But the next part of it was really the big news, where The Athletic is reporting that in the meeting, Nets owner Joe Sy, Kevin Durant, he reiterated that trade request, then informed Joe Sy that he needed to choose between Durant or or the pairing of head coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks. He also apparently informed Josai that he did not like the direction that the Nets were headed. So this is new news because apparently Katie's saying, well, maybe I will stay in Brooklyn, which, by the way, don't forget, like it ain't up to him, but we know how this works with these athletes. So maybe I will stay in Brooklyn if you go ahead and can my head coach and my general manager. It's just, like, what more can he possibly ask for at this point? He's asked for his way out of there. The Nets have not been able to move him because the cost is so astronomical. So is this Kevin Durant looking at his situation saying, hmm, I'm not going to get out of here anytime soon. What else can I do to make myself put myself in a position to win, to actually contend for a championship so maybe I can get out of here in a year? Maybe he realizes, has the foresight to know, I can get out of here if I win a championship, go prove it in Brooklyn, and then then the offers will pour into where they can't say no. Maybe the asking price is just too high right now because people are looking at it saying, I don't know about Kevin Durant. I don't know is about Is anybody this. saying, I don't know about Kevin Durant? Well, we they're not legacy him for nonsense. a very clear reason. Well, no, I think it's just because the market is so unattainable, right? I mean, I don't think there's real questions when it comes to KD. Now, I guess the knock on Kevin Durant is his age with four years injuries. left on his deal. So we're not talking about an incredibly young player. why it hasn't happened. But because man. it makes no sense why it hasn't happened. Realistically, you, you, you and I both believe he's a top two player in the NBA. Yep. He should have been moved days that he wanted to get out, but it hasn't happened. So now, to me, this is Kevin Durant saying, well, if I have to stay here, I think he realizes the writing's on the wall that he has to stay in Brooklyn this year. So what's the best way to do that for him? What's Make the- things really uncomfortable with my head coach and my general manager. No, get him out of there. <laughs> like, because I think he knows that he can, maybe throwing Sean Marks in the mix was just like, I mean, obviously that's a, you know, a pretty... I feel like that's a hey, Sean Marks. You you haven't moved me, so now I'm coming after your job. It, yes. I mean, I think it's this that. is warning shots. It feels like it is, but I think that he knows he can get Steve Nash out of there if he wants to, which is why he verbalized that. I think the Sean Marks thing is a stretch. I really don't think that the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Sy, is going to just be like, okay, Kevin Durant, whatever you say, bye to Steve Nash, bye to 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 the general manager who actually put together quite a good 
haul for for the team in free agency this year. They re-signed Joe Harris. They've got Ben Simmons coming to a point where they think he's fully healthy. They they pulled off the trade for Royce O'Neal. They re-signed Nick Claxton. They re-signed Patty Mills. They have a good team. And on top of that, you still have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So I don't think Sean Marks is going to get – like I don't know what the loyalty is there between owner and Kevin Durant and the general manager. He but, brought in Ben Simmons. At one point, yeah. he brought in James Harden. I mean, none of it's resulted in a championship, but it looks a heck of a lot better on paper anyways than the team that he took over that had just 21 wins in Brooklyn. I mean, most people think of Sean Marks as a good general manager. Everyone except Kevin Durant. Everyone apparently. except for Kevin Durant, apparently. He doesn't like the direction that this team is headed, even though Sean Marks made all those moves. I mean, this was a team that very clearly indicated to us in the offseason after we knew that there was all this drama with Kyrie. They didn't hand him the extension. Finally, he opts in. Finally, he's like, fine, I'll play for you guys. But with all that drama, we knew Kevin Durant wants to force his way out. And yet the Brooklyn Nets didn't go into full rebuild mode, Courtney. Sean Marks still made more moves to try to make this team better, almost functioning as if this core is still going to be together. And Katie doesn't like that. I guess not. I guess, the only direction I could see Kevin Durant not liking from Sean Marks is the direction where he didn't take the deal from Boston for Jalen Brown and draft picks. Yeah. Like and that's he the direction said, he doesn't like. Here are my teams that I want to go to. You guys said that you would play ball with me and you respect me for what I did. I mean, Kyrie Irving's off here doing everything that he wants to do, disrespecting the game of basketball, disrespecting everybody on the on the court. I came and showed up and did my job, do right by me, and I think maybe he had the assurance that they would. And now that nothing has happened, he's like, all right, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm coming for their jobs because I didn't get what I wanted here and I thought I was going to. I think it's become much harder to trade Kevin Durant away than KD expected and then the Nets have expected Absolutely. either. Absolutely. I, I mean, you had what NBA happened. I thought he would have been gone by now. Right. Well, I mean, you had what happened with DeAndre Ayton with the Suns. Mm-hmm. So that basically uh, obliterated their opportunity with the Heat. KD's out here like, I want to go there except for I want them to absolutely trade away nobody. I mean, which is completely ludicrous. Plus, they have the problem with the band out of bio's rookie extension. Yeah. And so they can't trade him straight up and and then you factor in like a a Celtics team that has a good young core just found itself in an NBA finals and like are they gonna blow up too much or like overpay for Kevin Durant and so he finds himself in a difficult situation an even more difficult situation now because now his head coach and his general manager knows that he's coming after their jobs now that these reports are circling out here. Coming up next, we will shift back to the NFL. Justin Fields' supporting cast took another hit over the weekend. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin. That's her at Amber W. Sports. That's me. And for those of you not familiar with Courtney Cronin's work, which I don't know how you're not at this point because she is quite literally everywhere on every television show, on every radio show, and also all over the dot com. But if you're not familiar with her work, she does cover the Chicago Bears for ESPN's NFL Nation. So let's talk about your Bears, because maybe not the most interesting team in football, but there was some news out of training camp this week. Nikhil Harry, he suffered a severe ankle injury at Saturday's practice. This is already a team that doesn't have a lot of help around Justin Fields. This is already a team that has a lot of questions in terms of the weapons also provided to Justin Fields. What does the loss of Harry mean now? Well, Harry was someone who was coming in looking for a fresh start. Remember, he played 33 games for the New England Patriots, had like less than 600 receiving yards. He never panned out. He was a first-round pick in 2019 and for a number of different factors was not a commodity that they ended up going to, whether it was depth chart stuff, whether it was, you know, a handful of issues. He didn't want to talk about his past, but 33 games, three seasons for the Patriots, 57 catches for 598 receiving yards and just four touchdowns. He got a fresh start in Chicago. And I remember talking to him the last week of July before things were really getting going with training camp before the team had pads on. Just asking him kind of like, what did he think his role could be here? He's like, I'm, you know, I want to show him a big body dominant receiver. And I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I still can't figure out what they're doing with the configuration of receivers that they have. Like, who's the X? Mm-hmm. Who's the slot? Like, they're, who's, who's your Z? Like, all these other things. Because where Darnell Mooney, who is their, you know, he re- return, best returning receiver that they have, 81 catches, 1,055 yards, four touchdowns, three of those four came from fields, um, throwing the ball to him. He's the only one who has that proven connection with the quarterback. I think he'd be better suited playing out of the slot. So is is Nikhil Harry then going to be your guy on the outside at the X? I think it's unfortunate right now that the injury situation that they have, they're down three of their top four receivers. Now, mm-hmm. some of these are on a day-to-day basis. Phelous Jones Jr., who's their third-round pick, in, in insane speed. That's that's what they were lured to when they when they drafted him. Uh, he's, a th- he's a 25-year-old rookie, though, so it took him a while to kind of come on from USC to Tennessee and that speed can kill on the outside. Nonetheless, day-to-day injury is what Matt Eberflus is saying. His policy with injuries in training camp is that since I don't have to disclose anything until the regular season when the injury report comes out, I'm not gonna. if it's a longer-term thing, like he's talked about with a cornerback Thomas Graham, like he talked about with um, Byron Pringle, who I'll mention here in a moment, like he's not going to say anything about it. So all we know right now is that Valus Jones Jr. is day-to-day. Harry looks like it's going to be a serious injury. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, reported yesterday that they're still waiting, and maybe we'll find out tomorrow at practice how severe that is. But I watched him try to get off the field. He struggled to get up. He had to have a trainer help him to just to get to the sideline, and then a teammate helped him. Then he went in the building and disappeared. Byron Pringle's dealing with a quad injury. And it's interesting because Tuesday's practice of last week, I was watching one-on-ones in the red zone, and he came up – I don't want to say came up lame because he was still moving, but he was he had his uh, hand on the back of his right hamstring. And so I thought it was maybe a hamstring, but I watched him go through the rest of practice. The next day, he's practicing in full still, and they call it a quad right now. So I'm wondering, did he end up aggravating what he had clearly done something to uh, on Tuesday's practice? And there's now no timetable. Now, is the coaching staff all that concerned that this is going to linger into the regular season? Matt Eberflus says no. 
but are they concerned about the depth as it stands at the receiver position? Yeah, and they should be because right now it's Mooney, mm-hmm. and then who? Who's your number two? Like, And, I mean, of course, they expect Jones to come back. That's great, but that's a rookie receiver who's 25 years old, and, you know, it, I don't know where – I don't really know where you play him. I'm not really sure, like, what that role is. Is it Equinemius St. Brown? He can be a deep threat for you, and he's huge too. But unproven commodity, like, at this point last year, was on his way to getting cut – and put on the practice squad, and then getting elevated in Green Bay. So there's a lot of redemption stories within this group um, of Bears receivers and guys who are fighting for an opportunity to finally prove that they can stick on a depth chart and, and starting roles. But a lot of the guys that you expected to be there are injured, and that's not great for Justin Fields. He's trying to build chemistry with guys he's going to be throwing to this year, and trying to get the offense on the same page and moving in the right direction. Uh, Daz Newsom, also another young receiver that plays out of the slot. I mean, this whole receiver core, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, who are these yeah. guys, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the like reality. Dad's had two catches last right. year. Right. It's just the reality of it. I, right. In his second year now. I, I I don't know what they have. I'm not very familiar beyond Darnell Mooney with these guys. And, they and a lot of people went, don't even know who Mooney is. Right. Because he quietly put together a really good season last year. But... In theory, he's a two. Mm-hmm. He's not a one, but he's going to have to be in this offense. Well, they let Allen Robinson walk out the door, right? And so it's a really strange situation for a receiving court where they already didn't do Justin Fields any favors by bringing in any sort of experienced receivers. Tight end's a little bit different there, obviously, but that receiver room is really, really, really unproven, and now it's injured on top of being unproven. Ryan Clark, ESPN's NFL analyst, was on Get Up. He says that the Bears have put Justin Fields in a terrible situation. They're a team built around this young quarterback. (laughs) Did I miss when they put the team together? Did I miss when they poured money into a free agency to make sure he was protected? Did I miss when they made early draft picks to protect him up front or early draft picks to give him skilled players on the outside? And this is a team to me that I feel like has helped its second-year quarterback the least of all the quarterbacks drafted last year. And it's going to be a struggle for Justin Fields to take that leap that we look for our quarterbacks to take in between year one and two of starting. I don't know how Justin Fields can show us much in a year that's really, really important for us to be evaluating his development as an NFL quarterback. And and that's, I think, what Bears fans, by and large, and of course, when you talk to the team, they're all going to say, like, you know, we're building something. I think there is a little bit of self-awareness, but some of it just still rings to where you know, guys aren't going to say, hey, yeah, we're going to be coming in here every day and it's going to be easy. Jalen Johnson, one of their starting cornerbacks, said during his first press conference of training camp that, they're, you know, it's going to be a tough year. I think a lot of guys realize that on this team. But when this is supposed to be a make-or-break year for so many quarterbacks, and, you know, unfortunately there were five first-rounders a year ago at the quarterback position. So that gives us storylines. That gives us something to judge one of them, uh, one against another, and be like, okay, how did this person perform this year? Look, you know, comparing situations. Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great situation last year in Jacksonville. How is he going to bounce back? Trey Lance, first year as a starter. How is he going to do all these storylines? With Fields, it's will you actually have any sort of tangible answers about whether he's the guy? beyond this season, after this season? The answer, realistically, is no. You won't know that until his third year when they can actually start. They had to start at ground zero. They had to do so much undoing before they could actually start doing some doing. And that's the result of what you have right now.
they ripped it down to the studs to build it back up. Probably smart move in the long run. Yes. Might not work out well, though, for Justin Fields' career because we know NFL quarterbacks in this day and age only have a few years to prove themselves, and it's going to be really hard for him to do that here in his second year. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, the Panthers could have handled their quarterback situation better, uh, to put it lightly. Can they get it right this year as compared to how much of a cluster it was last year? We will get into that. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm following the money on this one. They guaranteed Sam Darnold $18.8 million. He's going to be the starting quarterback. The pieces are in place in Carolina. If they play to their capability, this team gets in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield is your best bet in Carolina. If I'm betting on myself, then I completely double down. And if he does start on opening day, Carolina versus Cleveland, Baker will certainly have a lot to play for on opening day. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Apparently, we are still a good 11 days away, at least, from knowing who is going to be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the Carolina Panthers, according to head coach Matt Rule, are not going to make any major decisions, Courtney, when it comes to any position. There's one position that we particularly care about, and of course that's that quarterback position between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and Matt Corral, I guess, for that matter. They're not going to make a decision on that position until after the August 19th preseason game against New England at the very soonest. The reports out of Carolina, uh, at least according to the coaching staff, is that they're still evaluating. Nobody has pulled away. There are other reports out of Carolina, independent reports that Baker has looked better in training camp than Sam Darnold. What do you make of this idea that the Carolina Panthers are taking their time? I think it's the wisest decision you can make because there is not a clear-cut answer here. Yes, the amount of money you've guaranteed Sam Darnold because you idiotically picked up his option his fifth-year option when you traded for him more than a year ago. Money doesn't always mean that the quarterback play is going to be great. We've learned this from multiple examples of it. Um, and then there's Baker Mayfield. So, like, the logic is, well, they just traded for him. You know, they they sent a, you know, a conditional late-round pick. They're on the hook for not all of his salary. Like, does it make sense? 
he was a guy that just won, that won a playoff game in his career early on with the Cleveland Browns. Maybe he's the right answer. What we've seen is an, a you know a small sample size in training camp and a lot of ups and downs for both. Now, Baker Mayfield's interceptions that he's thrown during training camp are going to get highlighted a lot more than Sam Darnold just because it's Baker Mayfield and everything that went down with his exit out of Cleveland is going to be amplified. Well, and didn't he throw an interception on his first drive Yes, so at Panthers like... training camp? Which, of course, by the way, you're getting used to an entirely new system and an entirely new team and an entirely new place. But it's Baker Mayfield. You're right. Everything is going to be dissected. Figure, so everything's going to be looked at under the microscope more closely. So... Matt Rule going about this in the smart way is him looking at the situation, realizing neither option is going to probably win you, get you to the playoffs. Like this team is probably still pretty far away from getting to the playoffs, but this is Matt Rule's last chance as a head coach because Dave Tepper, I'm surprised he didn't fire him last year, but I'm also not because of the contract that Matt Rule has. This seems like the writing's on the wall that they will cut ties with Matt Rule after the season, and he's got to do his absolute due diligence to make sure that he gives this thing enough time to figure out who the starting quarterback is. Because as you know, they can't go back on this. Mm-hmm. Like if they're going to make a switch, they, like, you know, eventually it has to be at least like at a certain point in the season where you're like, we've exhausted all options with this guy. He's not the guy. He's not our guy. So take your time with it. What's two preseason games. It's really nothing. They've got one against Washington this week. And then you had mentioned that new England Patriots game. They've got the time to, go through their options, and then see what's the best fit for this offense. Because either way, you're getting, like, not the best of a – I don't want to call it a bad lot. These are NFL quarterbacks, but they're just, like, not great NFL quarterbacks. So you really got to try to justify who you're starting either way. At least we think that they're not great NFL quarterbacks. And you have to find out once and for all whether they're going to be great NFL quarterbacks. There is this thought process even that they could turn to Matt Corral at some point in the season because maybe they consider him the future of the Panthers and both Darnold and Mayfield will end up as backups somewhere next season. But I do think because of the situation Matt Rule is in, where the seat can't be hotter than hot, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're Matt Rule, you're thinking, okay, I've got to win now and I've got to do whatever I can in order to put myself in a winning position. That means you can't worry about contracts. I know that Sam Darnold is, I think it's 19 million that they're paying him this season, as you mentioned. And Baker, by all accounts though, Baker's contract was still what, 18? I mean, the Panthers themselves aren't paying it because the Browns had to pick up 10 of it. 10 million of it. But they're still, in terms of like, just looking at the contract value, like they're kind of like the same type of uh, price tag on these quarterbacks. And so I think if you're the Panthers, you can't worry about like which contract you're paying more for than the other one. You can't worry about what assets, which I mean, really amounted to nothing that you traded away for Baker. That's not the evaluation. The only evaluation here is who's going to make me win. Even in terms of moving on to Matt Corral for the future, like that can't be Matt Rule's evaluation. You may not be there in the future. You haven't found a way yet Mm -hmm. to bring that collegiate magic to this Carolina Panthers team. And so you have to find some way to win. And in order to do that, you have to take your time in evaluating both of these quarterbacks. I always thought Sam had an advantage in knowing that system and playbook early in the season, or at least in the preseason. So I thought if this evaluation process is only going to last a couple preseason games, then Sam Darnold might have an advantage because obviously Baker came coming in late in the game to try to learn an entirely new system. But if I'm Matt Rule, I'm not just making this decision after a couple preseason games. 
and then riding with it. If you make the decision and initially fine, it looks like Sam Darnold, but then Baker learns the playbook really, really well. And a few weeks into the regular season, you start realizing that Baker looks a lot better in practice than go to Baker. I mean, I know you don't want to find yourself. I understand. You don't want to find yourself in the toggling back and forth situation. I know what happened last season there. It was a disaster in terms of that quarterback position and with Cam and with Sam Darnold. But Again, Matt Rule has to win, and you have to try to find whatever one of these guys is going to give you the best opportunity. Yeah, and and I don't think there's any harm in giving it time, though, because most times any quarterback battle that we've seen happen in training camp and the way that it's played out, they're never decided before the first preseason game is played. Why play the preseason games at all then? Like, you need to give yourself the benefit of – the first couple of weeks of practice, when the pads come on, how guys look, how they're able to, you know, corral the team, so to speak. And then you need to see what they look like when they're going against another team. Even if it is the preseason, it's still a live pass rush. They're still having to move around in the pocket. And how they respond to that, I think, will speak to what the decision will end up being. But you never hear teams. I mean, teams want to take this down to the last like the last chance possible, 11th hour, 11th and a half hour if they have to, if they can. So Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers, while nobody expects them to be a good team this year, they're going to take that same approach because it's the right approach. Give yourself time because no one's pressing you to make the – outside of like the questions about, you know, who is it going to be? Oh, yeah, we're going to keep pressing We're going to keep pressing But like no one who truly is making the decisions of that team. I guarantee Dave Tepper's not asking right now who the quarterback's going to be. Let this let the thing play out because you're getting somebody who's in a brand new system. You can't expect him being there for a month and having two and a half weeks of training camp practices for Baker Mayfield to know the playbook like the back of his hand. You've got to give him time to make sure like otherwise you just wasted giving a draft pick away and you know you're still on the hook for three and a half million. That's a waste of money if you don't actually give it time to develop. It can't be much uglier than that uglier than last year. Panthers quarterbacks in 2021 had a five and twelve record, fifty-eight percent completion rate, fourteen touchdowns, twenty-one interceptions. Coming up next, just two hits last night for the Padres against the Dodgers. Did San Diego spend all that cash for nothing? We love baseball, so let's talk about it. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Kardashian and Pete Davidson, those crazy kids, Courtney, I thought they were going to make it, but they didn't. They only made it nine months, despite Pete Davidson's numerous tattoos dedicating his body to Kim Kardashian. Apparently, it wasn't enough. Uh, The distance between them was too great. He's been shooting a movie in Australia And she took a trip down there, but apparently it was just too much, the long distance, and they just couldn't work it out. Are you sad that we have no more Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian connection? I'm confused because they went on all these really cool trips and stuff, and they're at the beach with, like, the really clear blue water. And I thought that they were bound to last because they went on vacation all the time. And it must mean that your life is perfect if you're doing that. Here's the telltale sign. You and I have talked about this because we have Instagram stalked Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. 
four days ago, this news broke, I believe, Friday. So four days ago, right around the time that this was coming out, she posts this photo on Instagram. Why are year 3022 Yeezy shades? And they're these like futuristic sunglasses that, you know, go over your whole face. It's but her. Nobody needs to wear. And nobody would wear these. They, they look like a mask, but it's weird. They're probably like $5,000. I'm too. sure. And I'm sure um, they're going to sell out and, and they're more, more, more gajillion dollars. We're all a bunch of lemmings. And uh, I hate all of us. Um, no, but these are glasses that she's promoting her ex, soon to be ex. Right. His clothing line, Yeezy is a very successful clothing line. He doesn't need Kim Kardashian to do it. So maybe Pete Davidson, maybe it's more than just I'm 28, you're 41, Kim Kardashian. We're in different places of our lives. Because last I heard, and by hearing via page six in TMZ, <laughs> I was say, last I heard, they were, gonna, they were trying to have a kid, I think, at one point. like Kourtney he- Kardashian, she's got sources with the Chicago Bears. she got sources all across the NFL. Wait, she's got the real Kourtney Kardashian or me? Oh, Kourtney There's Cronin. another, there's a real Kourtney. one. There's a real Kardashian, Kourtney Cronin. Um, yes, presumably the real Kourtney Kardashian uh, does actually have Kardashian sources. That would make sense. The official word is they broke up amicably due to distance and schedules. But you're and they're theorizing. they're going to be friends, apparently. Oh, yeah. That Yo, never okay. works. Yeah, no, for sure you're going to be friends. We're all such good friends. Everybody wants to be friends after what Kanye West oh. posted, the fake New York Times article claiming that Pete Davidson, when I can't even say what the real thing says on there, that he was deceased. Yes. Uh, Kanye uh, has chimed into the conversation he's about their thrilled. breakup. He's probably trying to of go get her back now. Because he doesn't want to pay his sixth divorce lawyer. <laughs> all five other ones quit. He is reportedly on his fifth or sixth divorce letter or lawyer, uh, and maybe he's delaying this inevitable divorce. But uh, maybe that just got delayed a little bit because maybe she doesn't need... To move things as quickly now that she doesn't have her boyfriend to worry about and Pete Davidson. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. First pitch swinging, ground ball to short. This could do it. Throw it a second. Got him. And the Dodgers win it 4 to nothing over the Padres. They sweep this three-game series in impressive fashion. The Padres made moves, but will they go to waste? The Dodgers swept the Padres, and... Manny Machado, when he was asked about it, he ex- expressed utter shock, Courtney. Like, he just couldn't believe that reporters had approached him in the wake of the Padres' weekend sweep at the hands of the Dodgers to ask him about it. Because he believes that it's just one game in one series. In the midst of many, it's no way indicative of any sort of gap that ex- that exists between the two division Rivals, Do you feel the same way that Manny Machado feels that after a sweep of the Dodgers that we're just making too much of it? No, because look at what they did at the trade deadline. They went all in. They got Josh Hader, and then they got Juan Soto. And 
it was real cool last Wednesday when they beat the Colorado Rockies nine to one and you know, the stadium is packed. Juan Soto doesn't even have the best game. I think he had like a hit in the eighth inning, mm-hmm. but it was Manny Machado going three or four that game. Bunch of their new acquisitions uh, playing a big role in that win, too. And then they like lose to Colorado again, whatever. Baseball sport of attrition can't win them all. But then they go into Dodger Stadium and get their butts handed to them, like in really embarrassing fashion. They couldn't hit the ball yesterday. So I, I'm not. I'm not overreacting to it, but I'm just saying, like, come on. Like, what else do you expect? After everything the team just did to go all in at the trade deadline, a Padres team that typically doesn't do what they just did in giving up every single farm prospect they have for the next, like, 10 years to the Washington Nationals to rebuild their farm system in exchange for Juan Soto, like, I understand you're going to lose some games here and there, but then to go into Dodger Stadium, your rival, and get swept Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's embarrassing, and you should expect the sort of questions that came your way. It's funny because they did that. They made that trade, as well as their other moves. They were so aggressive mm-hmm. because they're trying to compete with the Dodgers. Like, that is the team, of course, that they are chasing within the division. That's the team that they care about beating and trying to make up some ground on. And then they go out and they get swept by that very team. So, obviously, we're all going to overreact. And, yes, it is a very small sample size. And it probably has no real bearing on what could happen in a postseason if we got there. But... When you have Juan Soto, when you give up that for a 23-year-old and given it was, I think, in my estimation, a great move by the Padres, I give them all the credit in the world for going all in and trying to win and not being a market that necessarily people consider as a big-time player because you're not a big-time market when it comes to baseball, and yet you have big-time names now on this roster and Juan Soto being maybe the biggest trade we've ever seen in the history of the entire sport, and so you are absolutely going Going to be held under a microscope. That's the downside of these moves, of being as aggressive as the Padres have been. Here was Juan Soto, the Padres outfielder. He was mic'd up on Sunday Night Baseball. The Padres had just two hits on Sunday Night Baseball, by the way. Soto was hitless on Sunday Night Baseball, but he was mic'd up. Here's him on leaving the Nationals. It was pretty tough. I bought home with a different plan, but it didn't go in my way. But at the end of the day, it's just a business. We just got to keep going. It was pretty sad at the beginning, but now I'm in a good spot and a good team, and I'm going to enjoy as much as I can. I mean, this just shows that right now, in this moment, it's really hard for them to gain the ground on the Dodgers. Right? It's really hard for them to gain uh, any sort of notable ground here in the division. However, Courtney, this wasn't just a play. Them being this aggressive this wasn't just a play, these moves, for right now. Like, this no, wasn't even a-, a play for this season, frankly. Juan Soto's under con- uh, under control for years. It's mm-hmm. the whole reason that they were willing to trade away their entire farm system for him. Yeah, and I mean, they still have the third wild card spot as of right now, but Milwaukee's a game and a half back from where they're at. So they feel the rest of the field with the National League, which honestly, 
it's not that it's not that competitive right now. It's Milwaukee and then San Francisco is still six and a half games back, and I don't know what's going on there. But like Miami, Arizona, Colorado, none of those teams are in play, and then it's the rest of the field of really bad teams in the National League. They've been trying to to inch closer to taking that spot over Philadelphia and then Atlanta for the first wild card spot because they know about the home field advantage and all the things that happen now that there is a third wild card team that has been added into the Major League Baseball playoff mix and what that means for how the seedings happen. Like you make all those moves at the trade deadline, that shows you that you're it shows everybody you're going all in. You're trying to win a World Series this year. You see the window to contend right now because the Dodgers are not slowing down. They are only going to spend more next year. And whether that means Aaron Judge goes into the mix for them, I know some people don't want to hear that in this market, but they have the money to do that. And they are a, a high payroll team. So if you want to contend with teams like that, you have to spend like teams like that do. So they did. And I think it's just frustrating because people expect instant gratification. That's fine. Like, I do, you do, we're sports fans. And to see a team then, like, have one really good game after, you know, the future was their, the future of their franchise just played in a game last Wednesday and then they lose four straight, that's not a great feeling. But does it is it indicative of bigger problems with the San Diego Padres? I don't know. I'll say, like, it is four games. Based, I mean... No it's one, four games in a row. They're 15.5 games back from the Dodgers, but they're also eyeing the prospect of adding back in Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah. so that will matter. That I mean, it's the names play an impact coupled impact. also with a star-studded pitching staff. I mean, they believe they're as good as anyone, including the Dodgers. Now, given this series here may suggest otherwise, but it is a small sample size, as you said. They're currently 61-50 and 50 and hold the third and final NL wildcard spot. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.